Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. Everybody shout amen. We had a great time at men's conference too this past week and took dozens of guys with us. It was a great, great time. And uh, I think we eat better at men's conference than the women do at women's conference. I'm sorry about that, but they have small uh, things that y'all eat and salads and whatnot. But um, anyway, it was a great, great weekend away with men. So if you were able to make it, I'm so glad. Uh, if you're new to this series, I'd love for you to catch up on it. You can do that on our website online. In week four of the series, All Eyes on Jesus, we're using Hebrews, the 12th chapter, as our theme verse. The Bible says it like this. Let us run with perseverance. Everybody say, the race. The race, the race that's marked out for us. You've got a race marked out for you. As a matter of fact, next week at Welcome Home, I'd love to help you maybe join God in His mission and find that race. We, we call it discovering your purpose. I'd love to help you do that at Welcome Home Night and connect you to a bunch of mission-minded people at our church family. And then verse 2 is where we've sort of taken our verse from fixing our eyes. Everybody say His name, fixing our eyes on, on Jesus. We're looking to Jesus not just on Sundays, but every day of the week. And listen, I need it. I don't know if this is true for you. I feel like God's testing me in this. Just the other day, I was merging on to I-10, which tests your Holy Ghost. Can I get a better amen, everybody? Around Bernie, there's, there's the Holy Spirit is everywhere except for I-10. I feel like God just removes His Spirit from uh, Interstate 10. Uh, and so I was merging on to I-10, and there was a wonderful uh, woman in another vehicle who uh, sent me a great greeting. Uh, she uh, told me I was number one to her and number one to everybody else who was driving, and that wasn't enough. I had my children in the car with me, and have you ever had this moment? Of, y- y- not y'all. Y'all are more spiritual than me, but I kind of blacked out for about 30 seconds. Are you with me? Are you with me? You know I'm holy, but I'm hood. Y'all know, y'all know where I'm from, and... So about 30 seconds, we were doing about 100 miles an hour. And then I, when I came to, I realized I don't know what I was going to do uh, in this. And so I just blessed her and sent her on. Put my eyes back on Jesus, everybody. So anyway, and not on her. Uh, so if you're here today, ma'am, there's an altar call at the end of this service. You need Jesus, lady. <laughs> Anyways, I'm, I'm getting healing from all of this. So I want to talk today about shame. If you're taking notes, I hope that you are in church. I want to preach a message to you about shame. Now, this story has some components to it, like healing. We believe God's a healer, say amen. But I want to I specifically bring to you a message about shame today. Uh, has anybody ever done anything you are ashamed of? Raise your hands if you've ever done anything you're ashamed of. Keep your hands up. All right, why don't you just tell your neighbor. Look at him right now and tell him, this is what I did. And this. I just saw a husband do that. That brother's bold, okay? <laughs> That's bold. That's a bold move. Everybody's done stuff you're ashamed of. You don't want anybody to know. You know, I heard a preacher one time said, man, what if all the stuff of my life was played out on the screen at church and everybody got to see it? Listen, none of us would want that to happen, me included. None of us would want all of our stuff and all of our issues uh, aired out in front of everybody. There'd be some shame attached to that. Write this in your notes. One of the most destructive forces in your life is shame. As a matter of fact, I think it's one of the most uh, destructive tools the enemy uses against a believer is shame. 
Write this down. Shame is, if I gave you a definition, it's the weight that you carry of either your choices or somebody else's choices. So it's either something you've done or something someone else did to you that you wear. It's the weight that you wear. It's called shame. Not uh, long ago, a few years ago, I turned 40. Where's all my... Thank you, both of you, uh, just you and I. Everybody else is too tired to woo. <laughs> so uh, I turned 40, and nobody told me that things stop working just uh, automatically at 40. There's just, um, there's just the stuff just stops working. And one of the things, I've confessed this to you before, but uh, I, I don't know that there's a such thing as uh, late adult ADD, but I feel like I have it uh, now. And I also have a, a tough time sleeping. Anybody sleep soundly? They don't move. You're just... You're just, anybody married to somebody that just stays in the same position and they and they don't move anywhere and they're just great and that keep your hands up you psychopaths yeah <laughs> so I I I don't man I, one of the things that I struggle with in sleeping is I, I wrestle all night long and I fight and I turn and I toss and I'm I'm just I'm very restless at night I get up and I pray and I talk to God and I read my Bible and. And then I'd see all of what y'all had for dinner on Instagram. And i just do everything I can to get sleepy. And I'd, I'd, I'd do the best I can. But I, when I lay back down, I get, get restless. So one of the things that we found to help is a weighted blanket. Have you ever seen this weighted blanket? And this, and this helps me. Yeah? That, do you sell them? or? <laughs> anyway, so a weighted blanket. So my wife went and bought me this weighted. This is actually my weighted blanket. I slept under it last night. And it's 50 pounds. That's true. It's a 50-pound weighted blanket, everybody. And at night, I, I lay under this, and it, it keeps me from tossing and turning, and it, I, it's just like a warm hug, you know what I mean? I just, I just curl up all up in it. Now, we keep the air real low. All of you that keep it above 68 or 69, y'all are heathens. We keep it low and cold in there. I mean, it's, it's, you could hang meat in there, and part of the reason is because of this weighted blanket. Listen, I can't move. I, I sleep better. Because I don't move. Now look at me. Shame is the weight that you carry around every day of your life. And there's some problems you're facing not because you don't want out, but because shame is something that's weighing you down and keeping you from moving forward. I can't move at night and you can't move in shame. I see it on your face. I see it when I pass you at Walmart. I see it when you come to church. Your eyes are stooped down, heavy, and can't lift your head, and can't really see, and don't even want to be seen underneath it. You can't move through your life. Listen, some of us wonder, why do I struggle with decisions? You don't struggle because you're not good at decisions. You struggle because shame has weighted you down such that you think, I don't deserve a good life. I don't deserve a good marriage. I don't deserve to move past this stuff. And shame is that weight of your life that holds you down and makes you helpless and feels like you are hiding in your life. You may not even be able to put words to it, but it's heavy. You may tell your counselor like I did. Sometimes it's heavy. I just feel like my shoulders are down. I just feel like I can't lift my head up. It's heavy on my back. I carry it around everywhere I go. It's 
warm is what it is. It's warm underneath there. It's, it's heavy everywhere. I, ha I have this weight on my life. Now listen to me. Let me give you some definitions here because some of your minds are starting to go to, well, I, I, I couldn't help that and that. Now, let me give you some definitions. It's different than guilt. Write this in your notes. Guilt says I did something bad. Guilt says I did something wrong. I feel guilt. Shame says I am bad. Guilt says, I messed up. Shame says, I'm a mess up. Guilt says, I did the wrong thing. Shame says, I'm the wrong person. Guilt says, I, 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 this happened, I did this, I, I, I feel bad about this. But shame, when you wear shame, it becomes your identity. Instead of saying things like, well, I was raised poor, you start saying things like, I am poor, I'll always be poor. I am angry. I'm an angry person. I am abused. Here's one that we hear often, and I'm not talking about clinical diagnosis, and I'm not talking about struggles, but we wear it like a heavy cloak. I am depressed. I am anxious. I am confused. I am sick. Let me get right to the point and tell you, with Jesus, my friends, you are not what you've done. You are who God says you are. Shout amen to that. You are not what you've done. You are who God says you are. And I want to help you over the course of this message to throw off the weighted blanket of shame in your life. I want to wrap it around a story that may seem odd to you. It feels like a story about healing. I want to teach you a story about shame. This story is found in three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And it doesn't ever name her. Occasionally in the Bible you'll find this, that there's no name attached. It's just We just know her by her issue. As a matter of fact, the story is the woman with the issue of blood. We never know who she is. We never know her name. We don't know anything else about her. But I want to I, I give you some framework before I show you this on the screen. Luke 8, if you have your Bibles, Luke 8 and 42. Turn there really quickly. I'll bounce around between Luke and Mark and Matthew and kind of paint this whole picture for you. But Luke 8, 42 says, Jesus was on his way. Paul's here. Look in my eyes. Jesus was on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. That's important, but I'll get back to that. Jesus was on his way and the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Everybody shout 12 years. That's important. But nobody could heal her. Now don't let me be crude or crass. I would never do that or embarrass you. But it's important that you know this story. That her bleeding is not from a wound. She has a non-stop constant menstrual flow every day of her life for 12 years that she could not do anything about. There's no modern medicine. There's no running water. There's no Walgreens. There, she's in pain. There's no options. There's no help. Here's why it's important that you know that that's what she's facing. Because the religious leaders of the day, the Jewish law of the day said, if a woman was uh, in this time in her month, if she was on her menstrual cycle, that she could not be touched. She was unclean for the time that her cycle lasted. Now, this is why this is important. Because her cycle wasn't five days, six days, seven days, ten days. It was 12 years. So for 12 long, exhausting years, she was labeled by her issue. 
Imagine the shame of having to tell people, you can't touch me. If you touched her, you would be unclean. If you got close, if, you, if, if she touched you, you would be unclean. She was labeled an outcast and unclean and couldn't go to church. No physical touch in 12 long years. Most theologians believe she may have been married at some point in her life. And if she was married early in her life, her husband is long gone because of Jewish law. She could not be touched. She has bled every single day for 12 years. Years. Mark 5, 26, I'm piecing this story together for you, says she had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors. She had spent all she had, and instead of getting better, she got worse. Maybe you know this feeling in your life that you think, man, I've tried some stuff. I've tried to fix the issues of my childhood. I've tried to get over this shame I carried from the divorce. I tried to get over this shame that I've carried from my issues, from my stuff. I've tried to get over the abuse. I've tried to get over all of this stuff I've carried. And I've, maybe you've spent money like she did. Maybe you've gone everywhere else and it doesn't get better. It gets worse. It gets worse. And this is where we find this woman, 12 Long years. I told you it's interesting about the number 12. I don't have time to teach it to you, but Jesus is on his way to heal Jairus' daughter. Jairus' daughter is sick. He had found Jesus and invited Jesus to his house to heal his daughter. His daughter is 12 years old. The day this woman is diagnosed with an issue of blood is the day Jairus' daughter is born. I don't have time to preach it to you and I don't have an organist, but if I had both of those, I'd preach it to you like this, that the day of your your worst day, the day of your darkest season, God has already prepared a miracle for you that there's new birth coming and new life coming and new hope coming. You can trust God that there's an intersection. It may take 10 minutes 10 years, 12 years, 30 years, but there's an intersection coming in your life. The number 12 is representative for completion and government in the Bible. It's, it's, it's representative of power and authority. There's 12 apostles. There's 12 tribes of Israel. It represents the power of God. you got to hear me right here. On the worst day of your life, in the worst issue you've ever walked through, in the darkest season of your life, Nothing is too hard for our God. It doesn't matter how long it's been, how hard it's been, how dark it is. God is able. Can I get a better amen? God's able. In his life, Jesus intersects with this woman who has an issue of blood for 12 years. I want you to see it with your own eyes. Take a look at the screen. Going on. 
Simon's house. We need to get through. Come back. Come back. Our rabbi is a pressing matter. It's your rabbi. Stay here. Our rabbi has a pressing matter ahead. Promise you will come back. Please. Stay back, everyone. Oh, no, no. Please, no. Help now. Hundred. Hundred. Touch. Everybody back. I asked the question. Who touched me? Master, the crowds are pressing in all around you like this, and you're asking who touched you? They all have. Someone touched me. I felt that power went out of me. Whoever touched me, come forward, teacher. It was me. Just the fringe of your garment, only the edge, I promise. You are not unclean. Why my garment? I'm sorry. I, I know I should have asked. But if, if you touched me, it would make you ritually unclean according to the law. I, I was sick. I was sick for 12 years. I bled, and, and no one could stop it. But but I believed if I could just touch a piece of your garment. <laughs> I was right. I was right. Thank you. Who told you I could heal? A man from the pool. 
and he was right. The blood is ceasing. My daughter. I'm no one's daughter anymore. Look up. Yes, you are. Daughter. It wasn't my piece of clothing that healed you. But it was instant. I felt it right away. I know, but it wasn't this. It was your faith. Teacher, she was bleeding so long, we can take her. She is clean. <laughs> you have blessed me today. And I know. My daughter, I know it has been a fight for you for so long. be exhausted. Go now in peace. Your faith has made you well. I wish I could stay here longer. But I have business to attend to. Someone else has faith like yours. I'm so glad that we found each other. <clears throat> I love this story. Um, I know that it is a healing story. I know it's a story about faith, but I want to preach to you about shame today. Do you believe that Jesus knew who touched him? Yes. He knows everything. I, I told you this last week. Let me remind you. When Jesus asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the answer. It's because he's trying to involve you in the miracle. That God wants something from you and your, your involvement in your own miracle. And Jesus makes herself identify because there's something in shame that you want to hide and you want to cover. And I don't want anybody to know. And this is the struggle I'm in. But God isn't interested in your hiding. If you want liberty from shame, you're going to have to say, it was me. Say amen to that. I have two babies that happen to be in this service with us. When they make a mess, I almost always know who it is. You got kids? You know which one it is? When, they, when my Oreos have been broken into and there's a little step stool in the pantry, I almost always know it's the little one. But I still ask, who did this? Because there's something about restoration in our relationship of self-identifying. Are you there? There's something about saying it was me. There's something about your shame that Jesus needs you to know. You have to identify. Luke 8, 47. The Bible says in the message translation, when the woman realized that she couldn't hide any longer. 
I wish I had time to tell you that you can't hide any longer. That you're not fooling anybody. That Jesus already knows the shame that you carry. That Jesus already knows the trouble that you've caused and the, the life that you've lived. He already knows. You're not hiding it from anybody anyway. And she realizes she can't hide and she knelt trembling before him. And in front of all the people, she self-identifies. She blurts out her story. And Here's why I touched you. And here's what happened. And he said to her, underline this in your Bible, I'll get back, verse 48. Then he said to her, your faith has healed you, daughter. He calls her daughter and go in peace. Let me give you a couple of ways to heal from shame. If you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Let me give you some ways to heal from shame in your life. Number one, you got to bring it to Jesus. You got to bring it to Jesus. That's why I unapologetically tell you, you got to be in God's presence. You got to be in a church family. You got to join a small group. You got to be on a team. You got to find a family, a spiritual family to belong to. It's why church can't be optional. If I feel like it, if we don't have anything, if it's okay, I don't know. And because there's going to come a dark season in your life when you need the presence of God and you bring it to Jesus. Say amen to that, everybody. It's why every single service. We start with worship. It's why we start with our hands raised. I want you, let me pastor for a moment. I want you to be a worshiping church. I want this church to take over in worship. I want you to be a hand raising kind of church. Some of you think, I've never done that before. There's a member of our team who was raised Anglican, Episcopal. He's like, I've never raised my hands in church before. I said, You love it, don't you? He said, I don't even know why we do it. I said, No matter. Just. I'll teach you why. There's a surrender to it. There's a hand. You need to be a hand clapping church. You need to be a crying church. You need to be a praying church. Why, why do we open the altar and have prayer partners? Listen, because I want to give you a chance to bring everything in your life to Jesus. You're not bringing it to me. You're not bringing it to a prayer partner. You're bringing it to Jesus in your life. That's what you do with shame. That's what you do with the struggles of your life. You bring it to Jesus. Say amen, everybody. You've tried everything else. You've self-medicated on pills and spending your way out of it and success and climbing the ladder and achievement and addiction and social media. And at, at some point you realize none of that stuff works. I still feel bad about me. I still have all this shame weighing me down. I've tried all the other stuff. The Bible says she spent everything she had and didn't get better, she got worse. Maybe you spent all the relationships you had trying to fix what your father did. Maybe you've spent the last marriage trying to repair what your mother said. Maybe you've spent the better part of your career trying to prove that you're better than what you were told. You've spent all you had, and you've never brought it to Jesus. We tend to cover up what we're ashamed of. Uh, the other day I was talking with my children and they had been with their grandfather for a little while and there's a certain food, he's allergic to a certain food and he breaks out. And uh, my son, when I was gone for a few days and I come back and he goes, oh, by the way, Dad, Papa wears makeup. Now wait, it's 2023, I needed clarity and soon. Are you with me, everybody? I needed clarity in what we're talking about right here. 
Turns out he just he had had a blemish and he had some medication that looked like, you know, his makeup and it was cover up. And we do that, don't we? Don't we cover up this stuff we don't want anybody to see? You have a wound. You cover it up. You have a, 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 something deformed. You're like, I, I don't want him to see my legs. I got pretty bird white legs. Y'all hear me? White, white, whitey white legs. Translucent legs under these britches of mine. I, I, I cover them up. I don't want anybody to see them. We go to the beach. Your brother's around in jeans walking like this. Right? I don't want you to see them because they're so bad. We cover up the stuff we don't want anybody to see. You cover up. But here's the problem. I didn't put it on the screen, but write it in your notes. At some point in your life, your cover up becomes the weighted blanket. At some point, what you used to cover becomes the weight you have to carry. Now you have to carry it. Now it's shame that's over you. Now it's, now it's weighing you down. Now it doesn't just cover up the abuse of your childhood. Now it's the shame that keeps you down that I'm abused. Now it doesn't just cover up the problem in your marriage. Now it's the weight that, that keeps you stooped over and you can't. And if you're going to heal from shame, listen, you're going to have to know Jesus is the only answer in my life. Jesus is the only way I can heal from this. Jesus is the only one who can offer me real healing and wholeness. Shout amen to that, everybody. I don't like asking for help. I don't like asking for directions. Where's all my men at? Don't like asking for directions. Some of you aren't here. You're lost. They couldn't make it. They got lost. I don't like stopping and asking. And my wife, after 23 years of marriage, my wife in the godly, supportive way, after three or four times we pass by the same place, she will gently, kindly, with grace, say, do you know where we are? <laughs> and being the godly, truth-telling Grace-filled man I am, I look her in the eyeballs and I confess, honey, I know everything. You don't worry about this. I'm passing by this because I'm checking stuff out over here. I know what's going on. You don't even know what I'm looking at. I was checking on them. I know we've passed by here two or three times, but I'm looking out for them. You don't worry about me. I, I, I know where I am. And then she gently... <laughs> Like the woman in the car yesterday reminds me I'm not number one and I don't know where I am. I don't like asking for directions. I don't like telling you where to go. I, I, don't, I don't like stop. We don't like to ask for help. We think, man, I just can't do this. God, you, I, can't, I can't bother God with all of this stuff. I can't bother God with all of these problems. i got to clean my life up first. got to get my stuff together first. got to get my ducks in a row first. Listen, we think that we have to get clean before we come to Jesus. It's not so. You get clean when you come to Jesus. When you bring your shame. When you bring your guilt. When you bring your sin. That's when clean starts. And don't worry about making Him unclean. Jesus did not become unclean when she touched Him. She became clean when she touched them. You've gone everywhere else. You've brought it everywhere else. You've told everybody on social media about it. Have you brought it to Jesus? You've told every friend you've got about it. Have you told Jesus about it? You've tried every other pill in every other place. Have you tried Jesus? Have you given as much effort to get to Jesus as you have everything else? Bring it to Jesus. Say amen to that. Here's the second thing you got to do. To heal from your shame. You got to bring it to Jesus and then you got to stop hiding behind your issue. You got to stop hiding behind your issue. 
you got to stop using your issue as a shield that you hide behind. I don't want anybody to see this. I don't want anybody to know this. I've taught you this before, but if you've never heard it, you need to write it in your notes. Some people don't want to be healed because they get too much attention being broken. Some people don't want to be whole. We hide behind our issue. Oh, yeah, Pastor, you don't know, though. Oh, yeah, it's easy. You don't know. I got all these problems. I got all this stuff. Where are you at? Don't, you don't worry about where I'm at. I'm dealing with my stuff. I had not seen you at church in a while. Don't, you don't worry about that. I got me and Jesus are working on something. No, you're hiding. You're hiding behind your issues. And suddenly the blanket becomes where you hide. You got to decide at some point in your life, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm tired of carrying all this shame. I'm tired of walking around with my... you got to learn that this woman, you saw it in this video, you read it in God's Word, she pushes past the crowd. She pushes past her shame. She refuses to stay the same. And if you're ever going to heal from shame in your life, you're going to have to push past some stuff. You're going to have to push past the opinions of others. Are they walking to the front again? Yeah, they are. Are they coming forward for prayer again? Yep. Did they start all over again? Yep. They did. Did they go to rehab again? Yeah, they did. You got to push past it. You got to push past what other people think. You got to push past your family history. Can I talk to you for just a moment? Quit blaming your daddy and your daddy's daddy for your choices. Quit blaming generational curses. Let me teach you some good theology because you've got bad theology. When you were born again, you don't have a generational curse on you. You have a new father. And your new father doesn't give generational curses. He gives generational blessing. If you're born again, you aren't under a curse. You're just hiding behind your issue. Just because you didn't come from faith doesn't mean faith can't come from you. Just because he was an alcoholic doesn't mean you have to be an alcoholic. Just because he was angry and beat you doesn't mean you have to be angry every time you walk in your house. Just because they divorced doesn't mean you'll divorce. Just because they struggled doesn't mean you'll struggle. Just because they were poor doesn't mean you you got to push past. Stop hiding behind your issues. I'm getting to Jesus. Stop hiding behind everybody's questions. Stop hiding behind your own guilt. Stop saying it'll never change. You go to counseling, they'll tell you. you don't, don't ever say never or always. Let me give you some free marriage counseling. I'm going to save you $150 an hour. Some of y'all wouldn't pay $150 an hour for me to tell you this. But I'm going to tell you what the counselor's going to tell you. Don't ever go home and say, you never do the dishes. It may be true. He may have never done the dishes. I don't know. Don't say you always are a nag. My counselor teach you, I just saved you $150 an hour. An hour. Brandy, have we ever charged for counseling? We got to get in. We got a different business. $150 an hour for them to tell you, don't say never and always. And so you won't do it with your spouse, but you'll do it with God. God, you never answered. God, you always let me down. No, no, no. It's always going to be this way. No, no, no. 
I'm never going to get over this. No, no, no. You've got to push past all of that. Yet faith pushes past your insecurity. Faith pushes past your pride. Faith pushes past your limitation. Faith will get on its hands and knees and crawl to Jesus if it has to. Here's the last thing I'll tell you, then I'll pray for you. That if you'll touch Jesus, write this down. If you'll touch Jesus, he'll touch you. If you'll touch Jesus, he'll touch you. And when he touches you, listen, he gives you value. He looks at this woman in the eyes and calls her daughter. You're not your issue. You're my daughter. You're not your past. You're my son. You're not your divorce, miscarriage, struggle, addiction, rehab, foreclosure, bankruptcy. You're not what you did. You're my daughter. You're a son of the most high God. Don't identify. Stop saying I'm just this way. I'm just fat. I'm just depressed. I'm just angry. I'm abandoned. I'm all alone. I'm not worthy. I'm stupid. I'm too old. No. When you bring your issue and your shame to Jesus and you touch Jesus with your shame, He touches you and gives you identity. You'll start changing how you think about you. I am a child of the Most High God. I am healthy. I am healed. I am delivered. I am loved. I am whole. I am I am well able. I am, listen, I am moving my life forward past this shame. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Let me pray. I'm moving past this shame. You got to bring it to Jesus quickly. I don't have time to ask you a second time if you need to bring shame to Jesus. If there's shame in your life, not guilt, guilt is something that I did. Shame is I've taken this on as identity. I feel like I've become this, that I am bad. If that's you and you need healing from shame, would you just raise your hand quickly? Just say, Pastor, include me in this prayer. I see you, I see you. Include me in this prayer. I see you. I can't pray this for you, but I can pray it along with you. As a matter of fact, every, everybody's standing all over the room. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Everybody's standing up. Everybody's standing Bow your head, close your eyes, and raise both of your hands to heaven and give it to Jesus. Would you do that? Let me lead you in a prayer, but I can't pray it for you, so you pray it. God, I give you all of this stuff. I give you the shame that I'm carrying. I give you the, the issues of my past. I give you all the problems that I've brought with me. I give you this shame. God, I've worn it as a weight in my life. It's kept me down. It's kept me depressed. It's kept me with my life not moving forward. God, I haven't moved forward past my teenage years. I, I can't move forward past my 20s. I can't go beyond that last relationship. I'm struggling to get past my shame. So God, I bring it to you today. I bring you my guilt. I bring you my shame. I, 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 I open myself up. I'm not hiding behind it anymore. I'm not. I'm pushing my way to Jesus today. Come on, do that. Come on, do that. Push your way towards Jesus today. Jesus, I bring it to you. I lay it at your feet, what happened to me, where I've been, the family I was raised in the issue that I've had the relationship that failed every issue of my life I'm not carrying it any longer I'm bringing it to Jesus 
Now receive from the Lord. Come on, keep your hands raised and receive grace from God. Receive healing from the Lord. Let Him lift you up. You can feel it in your guts right now. You feel a little release. You feel some faith coming. That's the gift of faith. I prayed that would move in you today. That God would surround you by His grace. That God would wrap you in His love. That God would circle you in His strength. That you would hear you're a son of God. You're a daughter of the Most High God. You're a son of the King. You have value. You have worth. You're worthy to be loved again. You're worthy of God's grace in your life. You're worthy of forgiveness. You're wor- God deems you worthy and Jesus is healing the hardest areas of your life. Jesus is bringing comfort where there's darkness. Jesus is bringing hope where there seems hopelessness. Jesus is bringing help where there seems to be no help. Jesus is bringing clarity where there's confusion. Jesus is healing issues from your childhood, your 20s, your past, your issues that you bring to Him. I bring it to, I'm touching Jesus and Jesus is touching you. Now, if you've never given your heart to the Lord, I want to help you. I can't pray it for you, but I can lead you in a prayer of surrender. As a matter of fact, everybody in the room, out loud, say, Dear Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead. Here's the part only you can pray. Say it like you mean it. I give you my life. I give you my hurt. I give you my pain. I give you my depression. I give you my issues. I give you my struggles. I give you my mess ups. I give you my failures. I give you my second guesses. Come on, I'm leading you somewhere. I'm going to get there till, I'm going to keep praying for you till I get there. I give it to you. I give it to you. I give you this abuse. I give you this questioning. I give you this abandonment. I give it to you. I give you what my father couldn't give me, what my mother wasn't capable of giving me, what my grandparents couldn't bestow to me. I give it to Jesus now. Come on, give it to Jesus. You don't have to bring it to me. You don't have to bring it to this church. you got to bring it to Jesus. I lay it at your feet, Jesus. And because of the cross, and because of the resurrection of Jesus, I believe. So God, I receive healing and help today. Come on. Open your hands in a posture to receive from the Lord. I receive healing and help today. I receive strength today that I didn't know I could have. I receive grace today. I receive healing into my own heart, my soul, my mind, my thought life. I throw my shoulders back a little further. I hold my head up a little higher. And I receive today. Shame off of you. Shame off of you. Shame off of your shoulders. Shame off of your heart. Shame off of your mind. Shame off of your marriage. Shame off of your parenting. Shame off of you. Grace to you. Mercy to you. Healing for your heart. Strength for the journey. In Jesus' mighty name. And a faith-filled church said amen. Now praise Him like you receive it from Him. Come on. Come on, praise Him like He's worthy. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. 
You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.